and welcome to Behind the Clipboard Podcast. Hi. Oh, sorry. That's your job, Crystal. I was so not ready. Put your headphones on. Hurry up. Yeah. Let's go. You're listening to Behind the Clipboard, event experts empowering you to throw killer events for your business, workplace, social circle and beyond. We're giving you the insider toolkit, allowing you to make your events the talk of the town. Produced by Known Associates Events, it's time to go backstage with your hosts, Tamara Cook, Crystal Thane and Melissa Howie. Welcome in. <laughs> That's German for welcome. All right, all right, all right, all right. I couldn't think of another word for welcome, so I was like, another language it is. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about something a bit uh, a bit different to what we normally do. We're going to be talking about things that have gone wrong in our years in events. Hmm. So Nothing, because we're perfect. We're perfect, yeah. Definitely. Um, so what did we do to fix those issues? What did we learn? Basically, we want you to learn from our mistakes. Now, <laughs> let's note that none of these issues were probably really even noticed by guests at the time. Uh, that is the mark of is a that true event dis- professional. That's your disclaimer, Mel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that actually. No one knew I was a total duck. I genuinely, most of the time guests don't know these are going on in the background, but things do go wrong and you have to be like a duck, smooth sailing on the surface but paddling furiously underneath. All right, so we're going to get anecdotal. Yeah. Anecdotal in the house. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Shall we get on with the stories? Yeah, story time, story time, story time. Who wants to go first? I will. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's got to drive this podcast. (laughs) Damn, I'm on a different planet. So, a few years ago, we had an event. It was a a black tie ball at Crown. A last minute breakfast event was booked into the room after we had sent out all the supplier details. We'd confirmed all the bump in and bump out schedules and a breakfast came in. So, that meant they needed to be set up, ready to go at 7am. That meant we need to hustle. The event didn't even end until 1am. Can I say what the uh, breakfast event the next day was? Sure. Because I would like to tag him in the post. Yeah, sure. The Conor McGregor fight. Yeah. So that's why it was last minute is because people didn't know he was going to win or get through to that round. I don't understand boxing. MMA. It wasn't actually boxing. It was UFC, but thanks for playing. (laughs) I don't get it. You tell (laughs) it. Basically, they just were showing the fight in the ballroom. It was a huge fight. It was was really early in the morning, Perth time, because we live far, far away from Las Vegas. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, we had to bump out way sooner than we would normally ever need to for a black tie event. Back to you, Mel. Yes. So what happened was the even though we sent the updated bump out schedule to the florist, she did not read it because we had sent it before and she thought she knew what we were all saying. So the florist didn't realise that we needed to literally pack up all the centrepieces. We had about 60 or 70 tables with about 10 candles on them each. I literally want to cry reliving plus that vases, in my head. Plus flowers. And we had to pack them up at 1am when the event was done. She didn't realise that. So when she dropped them off, she said, right, I'll see you at 10am. We said, oh, no. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Anywho, because we're a charity, Crystal and I ended up packing them up alone at 3am as Crown were literally stacking chairs and tables behind us. Every time you turned around, there was another pile of chairs about 100 high. And can I just say, there's something very magical about 3am when you've been on your feet for like probably 20 hours. Mm. And you're inhaling like the melted plastic fumes <laughs> of the floral arrangement. So to make it better, uh, the candles in some of our centerpieces were in plastic containers, which had melted halfway through the night. So we had soot like on our faces. <laughs> <laughs> we were looking hot. We, were, we looked like Cinderella after a hard night of cleaning. Um, there was, you know, yeah, melted candle holders, 
vases. We were emptying emptying water into these massive trash cans. <laughs> yeah, because we're in the middle of a ballroom away from anything outside. So where are we going to empty the water? Into a bin. Of course. So, you know. I remember you telling me this story and how it, it shattered you. It really were, affected like, me because three days I later. was so tired from it. Uh, also, there was a particularly raucous event next door. So even leaving it, probably it was about 3.45 in the morning. We well, saw people doing it. People doing it on the floor at Crown <laughs> in front of a lift. It's just ridiculous. Ooh. Nothing says romance like a lift. <laughs> mm. Anywho, bringing it back to the story, what I learned from this experience is even if you've sent the supplier the details before, if they've changed, you need to outline or highlight Literally put, please read because something has changed. Yes. So or, that, that was yeah. a major detail that changed. We assumed the supplier would read it, which obviously assume makes an ass out of you and me. Yeah. (laughs) You have to go to that extent of just picking up the phone and saying, hey, this is what's going on. We need you to bump out at this time. Actual phone call, I think. Yeah. Ugh, talking to people. I know. Sometimes it's necessary. Do you know it's so refreshing getting a phone call? You know, we do everything by email or text or messenger or, you know, Instagram messenger or Facebook messenger or WhatsApp, you know, all these things pinging at you. You pick up the phone, you call someone. So refreshing. And you get an answer straight away. I actually hate, this is a side note to all our anecdotes, but I do hate when people keep sending follow-up emails. Like, if it's that important, just call me. Yeah. 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 Because I'm either ignoring your email, I just don't have time to reply because I want to stew on something. Just call me and I'll probably divert your call, but just just call (laughs) me anyway. I'm not afraid to jump on the phone. So next time, I definitely will. That was a calamity of errors and external suppliers. Mm. Lesson learned. Yep. Number one. Thanks, Mel. (laughs) No worries. Crystal, what you got first? So my story is actually not my story, but I heard it in an interview, which was, I remember after we interviewed this person for a role um, as an event coordinator, she told us this story and then I went in and told Mel. Mel's like, what happened next? Oh my God. I was on the edge of my seat. So let me, let me (laughs) set the scene. So we asked during the interview, we said, tell us about a time that you had to think on your feet with an event, right? Great question. Great interview question. And that's torture. She nailed it. So her example was she was doing a breakfast event with a lot of, um, what's the word? Keynote speakers. Keynote speakers. Panelists. Panelists, key stakeholders, um, politicians, that kind of thing. So VIPs, VIP Mm -hmm. city. Mm -hmm. So what happened was the, I think it was the keynote speaker who was doing like the the long bit. So there was a bit of a panel and there was a facilitator and a keynote speaker. The keynote speaker on the way to the breakfast got pulled over by the cops because he had expired license. While this is all happening, the event person obviously hasn't heard from them, is a bit worried because she's done the right thing, said he needs to be here at this time. He's not answering his phone, obviously, because he's talking to the police. <laughs> he's on the side of the road. He's handcuffed over a car. Yeah. <laughs> what is the deal there? Can, if you're doing something like that, you're on your way somewhere, can you say to the cops, look, somebody, like 500, 600, 700 people are waiting for me to do a keynote speech. Can I just send a text? I don't, I don't, I don't, I never don't pulled know. Never been pulled off by the cops, yeah. so I'm not really sure. We need to ask them. If any police are listening, <laughs> can you please let us know what your rights are if you're on the way somewhere? I think they're going to say, no, bugger off. We're arresting you yeah. because you're driving without a licence. In this instance, that seemed to be the case. Yes. Mm. So, you know, for whatever reason, the keynote speaker could not communicate to the event that he was going to be late slash not coming. In jail. Yeah. <laughs> so, event coordinator was like, very quick thinker because she could sort of, you know, he can feel that maybe they're not going to show up and we've got to get a plan into place. She actually, because she knew a lot of the people in the room quite well, and she went up to, I think, probably like the 2IC kind of keynote speaker and said, you know, we can't find Bob. We're not sure where he is. We're not sure if he's going to show up. Could you do the keynote speech? And she did all this while there was a panel going on, I believe. So she did it really quietly, snuck around the room, whispered to in a few people's ears. Mm-hmm. 
Old mate still with the police doesn't show up. <laughs> Bob has to get up and do the keynote address. And the guests are never and none the wiser. No one knew because she was so discreet about it and got it sorted that no one knew. What there was yeah. no program. Probably. Did <laughs> I just put a hole in your Way story? Way to ruin the story. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Did you give her the job? We did. Okay, cool. Yeah. Currently working with you. No, she's not. <laughs> but that's but not her fault. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and what did she learn from that experience, do you well, think? Well, she learned to probably put the contingency in place earlier, mm-hmm. which is a good idea because you kind of just assume, we don't assume, you think, I've told everyone where they need to be. What could go wrong? Mm-hmm. That is a really tricky thing, though. How many events do you do where you've got a keynote speaker? You've probably publicised them or at least yeah. put them in the program and you have a backup. Yeah. Yeah. Like, have you actually done that since hearing that story? Because it, yes, good in theory, but do we actually do it? Probably not. No. However, I I always have a, usually have a plan B in place in terms of if I'm worried about someone, for example, we did a ball where the MC was due to fly in. They were a radio presenter on Nova. Mm-hmm. They were due to fly back in from Adelaide at 3 p.m. that day. And I was extremely worried about When we're looking times, at the flights. Flight <laughs> yeah. delays. So I had a backup plan in place. I knew exactly who was a guest in the room, who I was going to ask to get up and at least kick off the formalities, even if they didn't have to finish the event, if there was a flight delay and we couldn't get that MC on stage in time. Yeah, very understandable. But flight delays, obviously, is, uh, yeah, and you have to plan for that. But yeah, but it is. I mean, I think we should practice what we preach, and I, I think it's a really good story and something that I'm thinking about now. I don't really usually think. I do think what if all the time, but not so much with keynote speakers. Mm. We've done a breakfast where we had John Vanderweel and the new CEO of HBF speak. He was the keynote speaker. We did publicise him. However, if something went wrong, I truly believe that people are there, and it, maybe it's different in the sense that. If this was a charity event as well, but people are there to network, they're there to support the cause, they're not just there to hear the keynote. Yeah. Mm. So, if you need a last minute change and it's someone who still speaks really well, has a really good message, good story, I think you'll get away with it. And I think in our context, the keynote speaker is not really, not always like the reason that the tickets the have been sold, card. the draw card. Yeah. It's yeah. more just there. Sometimes it is. Yeah, yeah it that's is. That's when you panic. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> we had an auctioneer that felt full sick right before an event once and we had to get the MCs. Luckily we had dual MCs so we got them to do the auction. Mm-hmm. Um, but that in itself was something we were not prepared for because he was an amazing – it was Tiny Holly who is one of Perth's amazing auctioneers. Um, and he fell sick the day that it was supposed to come in and, yeah, it was just devastating. And But, I mean, also we were like, okay, to the MCs, can you do it? And they're like, yep, no problems. We didn't have it. But this is a lesson learned. We didn't have the auction items and all his notes printed in the run sheet. So he'd been sent all the details and he had them. But to get them quickly to the MC, yeah, it was quite a palaver. <laughs> but, you know, it worked. We weren't really – it wasn't one of those things that we were ready for a backup. Yeah, I believe that leads into your next story. Yeah, so we had um, this amazing, it was actually the very first major big ball type event that I ever did for Known Associates. So um, it was probably the biggest as well because I think the very first event we did was about 700 people. people. But this one was nearly 1,000 people, yeah. Yeah. Ballroom, um, it was the first Black Diamond Ball for Lifeline and we had um, the Potbellies perform who were so hot at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, This is going back 10 years. It's in its 10th year this year, Black Diamond Ball. Um, 
Yeah, so the Potbellies, Pop they were the most amazing band. They flew over for the event um, that afternoon. They did their performance and they wanted us to fly them back on the – this is a bit of a side note – wanted them to fly them back on the Red Eye to save money for the charity. They were just yeah. so, such they sweet awesome. people. Yeah, so they came in after – so their act was due to perform with – fireworks and all these different things when they came on stage. But the nature of the event with Lifeline was we'd had this really amazing feel-good moment where we'd had a, a song that had evoked a lot of emotion from the singers and also the crowd. So the guests were crying, the singers were crying, the singers fin- finished their song and walked off stage with the microphone that one of the pop bellies needed. He's walked off and we're at Crown or Convention PCC? Centre. Yeah, we were at the Perth Convention Centre. We walked off. Sta- he walked off stage and walked down, down, down. The green rooms were downstairs in another little area. It was about a five-minute walk mm-hmm. with the microphone. And so I had all my pyrotechnics ready <laughs> and the pot bellies are on stage and they're about to perform and they're like, we don't have our main mic. What do you mean? So, and, you know, th- this was an enormous ballroom, a thousand people. We were running between the stage and the pot bellies and the green room going, where's the microphone? And it was like it was all in slow motion. Everything was stopped. But the AV company were, like, not prepared for it. So they were like, we're going to let off the fireworks now. We're going to start uh-huh. playing the promo. So the screens lit up with all the pot bellies um, <laughs> videos. Isn't pyro- it funny how it happens in slow motion? Oh, it felt like it. The pyrotechnics are going off. So there's fireworks on stage. Nothing happens. I'm like, oh. God, I'm going to be fired. I'm never going to work in this town again. Anyway, so that happens. We finally, I think Mel, did you run? Well, I was stage manager in little thingies. I didn't really know what that meant at this that stage, but I was running in through the convention centre kitchen because because the stage, you couldn't get from stage left to stage right in the ballroom. You had go to behind. go out through the kitchen. Yeah. So I was running between them. That was coincidentally also the day I learned to always wear flat shoes to an event. <laughs> Were you wearing high shoes <laughs> Being my first ball as well. Yes. Lesson learned there, guys. <laughs> yeah. Running from side to side. I ran to the green room. We eventually found the microphone. Yeah. Got them on stage. But and the fireworks had already gone off. Tamara gone was on. like rocking herself in the corner. <laughs> How crying. much time had elapsed between going to get the microphone? <laughs> you know, probably five minutes. Probably yes. only. But it yes. feels like an eternity. But we had planned this thing yeah. with the. It's going to be know, amazing. The, every, like we had six screens on the sides. The screens are going off. The pot is going to come on. The curtains are going to open. It's going to be great. Because we wanted them to open while the fireworks are going right. <laughs> exactly. With their big. Oh, oh was it? <laughs> We just sang different songs. Yeah. I thought it was Don't Hold Back. Oh, I thought it was Hello, are you ready to oh, go? Oh, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, stop, yeah. <laughs> I run over. So we had Ernie Dingo and Narelda oh, Jacobs emceeing, two brilliant people to work with. I ran over to Narelda and went, oh, my God, the fireworks went off, the pot bellies went on. What do, do you think? Do, I, do you think you should get up and say something? Re- remember, I was quite green. First big major event. Narelda's like, you know what? No one noticed. Yeah, the guests didn't even know. No one knows, Tam. Only you know. Only I have the run sheet, you have the run sheet. No, everyone's having a great time. Look at them. Because by the, this time, the pop bellies are already <laughs> playing on stage and everyone was vroom, on the dance floor. Yep. It was heaving. And there's Tam like rocking herself going, Narelda, what do I do? And, and in your event manager card. <laughs> yeah. And Narelda's like, babe, it's fine. They're having a ball. And I went, okay. And then it was fine. <laughs> also, I... I had a earpiece in, like microphone to Tam at the production desk. So it's just like, where's the microphone? Yeah. Where's the microphone? Where's the microphone? I'm like, 
Cam, don't say it anymore. <laughs> oh, I was <laughs> not going to make it appear. Dressing. I know my team today would not recognise that Tamara. <laughs> like I was, I was frazzled. <laughs> but the moral of the story is always plan for these sorts of things. Like if you've got a very very emotional event that's going to happen, you've got an amazing singer um, that that may you know be feeling the moment. He had the singer had a personal thing going on, personal connection to the cause. Um, You've got to be prepared for just someone's side of stage to grab the microphone, put it back where it is, give him a tissue. You know, it's it's just that pre-planning and really thinking through what's going to happen at your event. Yeah. Do you know what they say, Tam? Failing to plan is planning to fail. Thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Along the same lines, actually, I had a similar incident a few years ago where the headline act went on stage and the music started and she started her song before realising that there was no battery in the microphone. <laughs> so that was really awkward because she started basically miming the song and oh everyone God. could see, we had screens, obviously live feed on the screens. I could see that her mouth was moving but no sound was coming out. Oh, so Did you start rocking in a corner? Yep, I did. <laughs> um, at the time it was quite stressful. However, we got a spare microphone up to her within a pretty short time frame. I learned from that same story Tam just told that you always have a stage manager, someone who knows where the tech is, where everything, all the spares are. So we got it to her in time, um, but that was less than ideal. Did your heart skip a beat? Definitely. Mine's about pounding, thinking about it now. Same. But the the other thing is comms. You've got to have comms. So there's got to be some sort of in-ear. Even if, you know, if you don't have the budget to hire microphone, radio mics, Use an app like Voxer. Mm-hmm. Voxer with a V. Ooh. It's like a walkie-talkie app. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And that same headlined act was highly underdressed for the black tie nature of the event. So I learnt to always clarify the dress code for front of house suppliers because you assume when you say, come and sing at our ball, they would know. But Don't rock up in your trackies. That's not always the case. Mm. <laughs> she looked like she just rolled off the couch. Oh, okay. Mm. That wasn't her thing. Her, her aesthetic. Yeah. You know, some... some no, you know, I, don't. I at, think that was um, literally what's his what name she with the chose. tats all over his head. What? <laughs> what's that guy's name with the tats all over his face? He's really popular right now. I love him. Why well, have know. I You know him. What? <laughs> Post Malone. Oh. oh. You know, <laughs> you know. Post Malone's going to come on you're expecting sort of tra- oh, trainers. Oh, for sure. That's, you're you're no. expecting... Wasn't trailer park chic? Yes, yes. It wasn't like Eminem or anything. <laughs> Eminem <laughs> taking it old school. Oh my god! Um, in the theme of Who are you? I know AV related. AV is actually one of those things you have to deal with events that gives you anxiety as well. Rife with failures. It's rife say. with potential for failure. So this was uh, early on in my career, and I'd already learnt by this point you always got to test your AV. Test, 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 test. <laughs> But did you know that you can actually test something too much? I didn't know that. No. So I think the problem probably was we were just operating off like normal, like non-tech laptops. So just your office laptop plus office projector. So during the actual presentation, which is pretty low key to sort of like senior management from a guest speaker. So not too formal an event. During his presentation, I think probably three slides in. Everything just shuts down. <gasps> Laptop shuts down. Projector shuts down. Oh, my gosh. Did the power go off? Nope. Did the projector literally start winding itself up? Because that's the worst moment. <laughs> what, the screen rolls <laughs> yeah. itself yeah. up? Uh, you laugh, but it happens at our office all the time. Hi. Yeah, so <laughs> three slides in, he's, like, delivering, you know, like an empowering thing about, like, leadership and blah. And it's like, <laughs> and then the screen went green and I was like, 
What the hell? What happened? Well, so I'm up, I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? So I like sort of went up there because, oh, yeah, where I used to work, we never actually um, hired Tech on Deck. So like Tech on Deck was me. Right. Standard for a lot of places. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so Tech on Deck was me. And so I was like, oh, maybe like the cord, the HDMI cord kind of slipped out. So I was like poking that around. It was just making it worse. <laughs> and then I was like freaking out because everyone's like looking at me. And I was like, I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> and then luckily the speaker was a seasoned professional. He's like, you know what? I don't need the slides. I'll just keep talking. I was like, thank God. <laughs> and then I looked very visibly stressed after and my boss came to me. He's like, don't worry, it's not your fault. Like technology. And that's the thing. That was one of those weird anomalies that testing it actually just overheated it. We worked out in the end. Oh, okay. And so it overheated the projector. But now that I know that can happen, I'm a bit conscious to like test. To test but not test too much. Right. Yeah. I guess like, you just need to go through it on the computer, make sure that everything clicks yeah. through mm. and then just a few slides. And I had actually left it on all day as well, which I think is what overheated uh, it. Right. Because I was afraid. We had a very temperamental, again, office system so I was like don't want to turn it off because we've got everything set clearly yeah. this was a long 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 time ago before you were an event expert <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's a good point actually though in terms of the laptop as well it is so much better to use a specific show laptop yes not just your one that you use clean for- it doesn't have pop-ups it doesn't have your emails binging on it while yeah. you're presenting that's the worst yeah. So yeah. AV companies can provide you with a completely clean laptop and they wipe the hard drive every time they give it back to you. Mm. It moves faster, it plays videos better, it, it does. buffers everything. It's got the right graphics card. Yes. Sexperts. Sexperts. <laughs> Speaking of sexperts, Tam. Oh, 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 I've got another one. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, so there was an event that we did that was a supper club and I wanted to do a degustation and we had about, we did this together, Mel, five, six, seven hundred people yeah. um, in a ballroom. So degustation for a ballroom scenario event thinking, yeah, this is something that people will rarely get a degustation at a ball. There is a reason a why. Reason. <laughs> <laughs> a bit difficult, was it? It is so hard. It's not hard to do just food. So if you just brought out five um, courses, kind of easy. But if you're bringing out five courses, or in this case, seven courses with seven matching wines, there begins to be this little glassware problem on the table. Um, the glassware competes with the centerpieces, which we didn't think about. And people, you know, when you're doing a degustation and this person likes Chardonnay, this person likes red wine, so they hold onto their glass and they're like, the, the waiters come over and go, oh yeah, okay, so that was going with that course. We're going to take that away now. And they're like, no. Don't take it. This is my red wine glass. Yeah. And so people are running out with like five wine glasses each in front of their plate and the wait staff are trying to – and the other thing was that they didn't have enough glasses to actually deliver the Nika station. So they try to take them away so they can oh, wash them. to wash them. And then bring them back out. Oh, we just gave them a massive headache. I felt so bad. I mean, it, the guests, they didn't really notice. I mean, obviously it would have been a bit messy for them, but they didn't – they were having a great time. There were lots yeah. of other good things Seven going on. Seven types of wine, you'd have a great time. Exactly. <laughs> and obviously they could see the effort that we were trying to go to to make it something different, have that point of difference and make it a real foodie event. Yeah, but back of house we just went, mm, that didn't really work. Richard, the uh, chef at the PCAC, was like, oh, no, girls, no. No, let's no. not do that again. Didn't really think that through yeah. quite as well as we probably should have. <laughs> yeah, so my lesson learned there was um, when you have a fantastic idea and you want to do something left of centre, 
chalk it through with as many parties that are going to be involved as possible. So with your chef, with your wait staff and anyone else you can bounce an idea off. Yeah, definitely. I've got another story and of course it's AV related because mm. mine always are. <laughs> Again, before I uh, worked somewhere that had a tech on deck, I was the tech on deck and we had a really big AGM. We had like a three by three TV screen like presentation. So it was presentation video. Again, because we were balling on a budget, uh, we were using my laptop. We didn't have a vision switcher. It was uh, the old alt tab trick. For people who don't know what a vision switcher is, it's when you go seamlessly between one screen to the next without seeing that. In between. Um, yeah, so seeing the laptop. A computer um, desktop. Desktop, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look, again, I'd rehearsed at my desk the alt tab, how fast can I do it? <laughs> again, in a in a room full of 200 people, you can't do it as fast as you think you can. And with that finger switching was really speedy. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't a fail per se, but it just made me realise – i got to start budgeting for a tech on deck. Yeah. Just pay the extra X, Y, Z, depending on the size of your event. It's honestly Depends how long it goes for because it's yeah. an hourly yeah. rate. 140 yeah. bucks an hour. It's yeah. honestly worth it. My laptop, have I shown you? You it have. Has, it does vision oh, switching. What's it called? It's got a magic bar. Like or a so slider bar oh. thing. It's got something. I can't remember I what the name. it's called a magic bar, isn't it? On the new <laughs> Mac? Something like that, magic yeah. Magic box, it's, magic it's bar. It's a Mac and it's got, you can actually just press the button and flick to the other screen. It's wonderful. Amazing. So yeah, just depending on kind of what vibe you want to put out with your event, you don't have to get a tech on deck, but I would highly recommend it if you can afford it. They're usually worth. They're worth. worth oh, I love it. It makes your jobs so we're much not less stressful. Our, like yep. our expertise is events, not tech. Yeah, <laughs> not AV. Sorry. Yeah, it all comes down to budget. Yeah, sometimes yep, you absolutely. just have to know those things. Yeah, and you exactly really like do. this was quite early on in my career, so I didn't even think to budget for one. I'm sure if I had asked, I could have got one, but yeah. I didn't think. I thought they were really expensive. Now you know why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Worth it. Melissa. Well, my next one's not really AV related for once, Yay. but fundraising related. I work a lot in the charity sphere. So it was getting to the end of another fundraising ball that uh, I was doing. Came time to draw the raffle. Oh my God, was I there? Yes. <laughs> oh, this is giving me stress already. Yeah, we call it Rafflegate because <laughs> it was it was bad. Oh. So as is common at a lot of fundraising events, one of the guests of honour um, in this case, it was a government minister, was invited to stage to draw the raffle. It was the governor. Oh, wasn't it? It was the governor. Oh, I, I thought it was the, the governor. It was the governor. It was the governor of Western Australia. It was in this moment we realised that nobody could find the raffle bucket with all the tickets in it. So this was because uh, it was still in the volunteer room. There were still people ripping them slowly, folding them equally in half, putting them in the bucket one by one uh, while the governor was standing on stage. Yeah, and the person who'd been charged with that had been very very fair and precise and she felt like it had to be folded a certain way everyone's had to be absolutely equal and this was you know close to a thousand people in yeah. the ballroom and she wouldn't let anybody else help rip that, and fold. was she very That's, like racing gaming and liquor stickler oh yes yeah. so ocd it was insane and you know we're all about the rules what well, i am i'm a square <laughs> And we, we would never do anything to jeopardise yeah. the raffle permit. Not but at all, but let people help. Exactly. So she wouldn't let anybody help. That would have taken her ages. Oh, it did, because I've done it before. It, it takes ages. the reason why we were trying to draw the raffle and the raffle bucket wasn't that. Yeah. 
it was it was distressing. The governor, I actually was stage manager again at the event, and Lucky you. I think we got the governor off stage and said, you know, it won't be long. So sorry, MC, kill time quickly. Yeah, tell a joke, tell a joke, <laughs> tell a joke. No, is that why you always going to be? Have you got the raffle bucket? Yes, like, yes. So that's what I was going to say. I'm I have learned, and I'm so paranoid to this day. And that was about ten years ago, and twelve charity balls ago, <laughs> that I still like to physically carry the bucket of raffle tickets myself at a ballroom. Trust no one else with that job. have direct eyes on the volunteer who's carrying it. So mm. I am always, yeah, I'm still to this day, aren't I? I'm really paranoid about whether the raffle and tickets And I'm like, just ready. updating you where the raffle bucket is now. I've still got it. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Crystal, you're probably the only person I would trust with it. Yeah. The other thing is, is to make sure that the raffle ticket selling yeah. ends well before, like a good half hour before it's yes. due to be drawn. Because there's also nothing worse than drawing the raffle and someone's like, oh, I've still got one I paid for and sitting on my table. Exactly. That I think awkward. It's something that a lot of people forget. Absolutely. They just don't um, factor in that time. Rafflegate sticks with me. Raffles do stress day. me out, actually. Oh it just yeah. gives me heart palpitations. But we, we run a very tight ship now at fundraising events on what time we need to have all books back in and Crystal actually managed we have a raffle room I've got a four person production line for yes. my raffles we have mm. A4 yeah, you do with tables A4 mil A3 sorry A3 <laughs> and she ticks off the tables envelopes and the entire raffle book when it comes back there's a volunteering that on a whiteboard because that would be sustainable oh yes yeah, sorry there's a volunteer assigned to a quadrant and when it's time I'm like <laughs> go forth volunteer and get the raffle books back I love it. We run it like the military. Live it, learn it. Absolutely. And if we're missing a book, like, right, you to this table now. You've got to learn from your mistakes and uh, we're hoping that will help other people learn from our mistakes. I know. We're putting in our big girl pants and admitting all, we're only human. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone has to start somewhere. We're we're always events experts. (laughs) (laughs) The reason Tam keeps saying sexperts, can you please explain? events experts. When you look at the hashtag event, events experts, Tam thinks it looks like it says event sexperts. Well, it does. Which we're going to roll with it as well. It actually yeah. does. <laughs> it does say that. <laughs> Single boys. <laughs> Started from the bottom, now we're here. Uh, anyway. Okay. It's time to wrap up. Can you believe it? Thank God. <laughs> so what were the top things we learned from all these experiences? Number one, I'm going to talk about Mel's story. Highlight any major changes to a run sheet or a bump in schedule if things change after a supplier's already read it and don't ever assume... And take it as read. Call yeah. them. Get Pick on the phone. the phone. Get on the blower. Get on totally. the blower. Love it. Number two, always clarify dress codes with all front of house suppliers, particularly if it's uh, a bit stricter or more formal like a black tie event. Number three, never underestimate the value of a stage manager or any extra staff that you might need for a very important role. So really think through your event, ascertain whether or not you need one more person just to manage that little piece. And four, consult and discuss the details of any standout wow moments with staff outside the event team to ensure if it will work. Because, again, more eyes makes better work, light yeah. work. Yeah, it's more hands make oh, light yep. work. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> I liked where you were trying and, to go with that. And the important thing I was going to say earlier, but I think it fits in now, is at the end of the day, we're all human. Yeah. Yeah. We're fallible. Only human if you learn yeah. from your mistakes. So, And, you know, if you're doing your job right, the guests will never notice. Absolutely. Be like a duck. Be like a duck. duck quack, a duck. quack, quack. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you liked what you heard. If you've got any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you on our Instagram page. Jump onto at Behind the Clipboard Podcast. And don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast app and leave us a review. We might read it out. Oh, can I read one? Oh. Please do. Okay, this one is from Louise93Jade. I drive a lot for work and I've loved listening to this podcast in the car. I don't work in events, but I just love the great energy that the hosts have and I find that a lot of their tips are interesting as an event attendee as well, which is all of us. 
I like that one. That's Aww, sweet. Thanks, thanks Louise. Louise. I listen. I am flat out a podcast listener in the car. Me too. I actually cannot get in the car without turning something on that's going to enlighten me or yeah. educate me or make me laugh or Who give me to celebrity gossip. Gossip. Celebrity gossip. Yeah. With um, Shameless. That's my favourite. Give them a little stop, plug. Stop plugging other podcasts. Yeah. Only yeah. listen to this podcast, Behind everyone. the clipboard. Oh, I <laughs> love <laughs> Shameless. They just won podcast, most entertaining podcast of the year. I okay. love those girls. All right. Well, we you've got some competition like next year, Shameless Girls. Look um, out. <laughs> someone should nominate us for something. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. <laughs> wink, wink. Can we nominate ourselves? Probably cool. Not. We out. We out. We See out. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. For your chance to have your questions answered or join our conversation, jump into our Facebook group, Behind the Clipboard Podcast, and follow us on Instagram at Behind the Clipboard Podcast. Yeah.